0: Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of Matthew. Today is episode 748 and we'll look at Matthew chapter 9 verses 18 to 26. Let's read the passage. As he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him saying, my daughter just died, but come and lay your hand on her and she will live. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Just then a woman who had suffered from bleeding for twelve years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. For she said to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter, he said. Your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, he said, because the girl is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand, and the girl got up. Then news of this spread throughout the whole area. This is the gospel according to Matthew. Matthew's telling this gospel, this account of the ministry of Jesus, with the hopes of people coming to faith in Jesus. He's writing this primarily to a Jewish audience, so he uses a lot of Old Testament imagery, a lot of Jewish imagery, to try and convince his fellow Jews that they should place their faith in Jesus Christ. He's presented the teaching, preaching, and healing ministry of Jesus. The teaching was highlighted by the Sermon on the Mount, and then the healing ministry. It's really a series of miracles. Most of them are involved with healing, but not all of them. And so we have these nine miracle events in three groups of three. Now, some of the Miracles are actually more than one miracle. In the first group, there was the leper, and then the centurion servant, and then Peter's mother-in-law. Then that evening, there was other healings done in Capernaum. Then we had this first interlude where he dealt with the cost of discipleship. Then the second group of miracles, calming of the storm, casting out of the demons, and healing the paralytic. Then we had the second interlude, which had the call of Matthew and the question of fasting, where the, the disciples of John the Baptist ask, Why do the Pharisees and John's disciples fast often, but your disciples don't? Now we start into the third group of miracles. And this first one, it's really a pair of miracles, the healing of a woman, and the raising from the dead of a young girl. So verse 18 of chapter 9, as he was telling them these things. Well, in Matthew's account, he's still at the house of Matthew in Capernaum and explaining the issue of fasting. So as he was telling them these things, suddenly one of the leaders came and knelt down before him saying, my daughter just died but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Well, Matthew just says one of the leaders. We would surmise from that he means one of the synagogue leaders, but if we look at the parallel accounts in Mark 5 and Luke 8, Mark tells us that his name was Jairus, and he was one of the synagogue rulers. Now, the synagogue rulers it wasn't like they were full-time preachers, but they were involved in arranging everything, caring for things, and supervising the, the conduct of the worship services. And so Jairus, this leader of the synagogue, comes and says, My daughter just died, but come and lay your hands on her, and she will live. Now, Matthew's making a plain here. She is already dead. Now, in the accounts in Mark and Luke, she's just sick, but they're told on the way there that she's dead. Verse 19. So Jesus and his disciples got up and followed him. Verse 20. Just then a woman who had suffered from bleeding for 12 years approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. For she said to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be made well. So this is a woman who has some kind of bleeding problem going on. It seems to be a a menstrual problem, but it's been going on for 12 years. Now, the importance of this little detail is this is not a temporary condition. This is a permanent condition, it seems. So that's just highlighting the authority of Jesus here to deal with permanent conditions. And she thinks, if I just touch him, then I'll be made well. Verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Have courage, daughter. He said, your faith has saved you. And the woman was made well from that moment. A lot more detail in Mark and Luke, where she sneaks up wanting to just surreptitiously touch him, but Jesus senses it and turns around and confronts her. Here he just sees her and applauds her faith. Now, interesting the language used here in Matthew in this particular miracle, where he says, your faith has saved you. Some translations say your faith has healed you. The word it gets translated there does mean saved and usually it's used in the sense of being saved or delivered it's stronger language than just healed i think delivered would be a a good way to put it made you well is what actually happened but the the sense of this is actually being delivered uh, supernaturally from an unpleasant situation and they continue on to Jairus' house. Verse 23 When Jesus came to the leader's house, he saw the flute players and a crowd lamenting loudly. Leave, he said, because the girl is not dead, but asleep. And they laughed at him. So they get to Jairus' house, and there's flute players and people lamenting loudly, a crowd lamenting loudly. Well, this is the way you handle death in this time period. You had Professional mourners and flute players. In fact, it was expected that even a poor family could hire at least two flute players and one wailing woman. So you have professional mourners. It's not a quiet, somber time. There's loud wailing, loud grieving. In fact, you had to bring in professionals to do it right. And so there's flute players and lamenters. Jesus tells them to leave. He specifically says, because the girl is not dead, but asleep. Now their response is laughter. They know the girl is dead. Now sleep is often used as a metaphor for death. But that wouldn't really fit here. Otherwise he would be saying, the girl is not dead, but dead. And so he's not using asleep as a metaphor for dead. I think he's using it as something very different. But she is dead. So what's he mean when he says she's not dead but asleep? I think the point being that sleep is temporary in nature. And she may be dead. Yeah, she's physically dead, but it's temporary because Jesus is going to wake her up, so to speak. He's going to raise her from the dead. Now, the idea that she's not dead but asleep, the crowd, they, they just laugh at that because it is silly on the face of it. Verse 25, after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took her by the hand and the girl got up. Well, put outside, that uh, often is translated as cast out. That's, that's what you do with demons. You cast them out. So it was a, they were put outside. And so Jesus went in, took her by the hand, and the girl got up. So she was raised from the dead. Now Luke and Mark say that it was just Jesus with Peter, James, and John, and the girl's parents were the only ones inside at that time. Now there's speculation. Why does Jesus throw out the, the mourners? Is he trying to keep it private? Because sometimes he tells people not to spread the news of him. Well, it just says in verse 26, the news of this spread throughout the whole area. I don't think that's it. I think he just wanted all the people associated with death out of there because this was not death. Now, in the long term, he's just postponing her eventual death because she will die. What's going on here is this is demonstrating Jesus's authority with the woman with the bleeding issue. His authority over what would appear to be a permanent, incurable condition. And here his authority over death itself. Now, one aspect of this account that's not mentioned by Matthew, but Jewish readers wouldn't miss this. The issue of ritual purity, ceremonially clean. To touch a dead body is to be unclean. And to deal with someone with an issue of blood that person is unclean, and anyone they touch is unclean. Anywhere they sit is unclean. And so you have to go through all this restoration of ceremonial cleanliness process. And Jesus seems unconcerned with the whole idea of ritual cleanliness. He deals with the woman with the issue of blood should have been made ceremonially unclean, didn't bother him. And Harry specifically goes and doesn't just heal the girl when the centurion's servant was sick. He said, Jesus, you don't need to come lay hands on him. You have the authority to heal him from where you stand. But Jairus specifically asked Jesus to come lay hands on her. Because in his mind, that's, that's how healings are done. But even then, he still mentions she is dead. For Jesus to go and touch the dead girl would be to make himself unclean. However, the fact that she then becomes alive again, kind of nullifies the whole idea of being unclean. But the point there is Jesus doesn't even worry about this idea of ritual cleanliness because he values people over the ritual. But the takeaway here is the authority, the authority of Jesus over physical conditions and the authority of Jesus over death itself. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as so we continue working through Matthew.